Nick, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad, thank you. A little bit nervous, first ever podcast. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so looking forward to it. Fantastic. First of all, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for coming for this podcast as well. Uh, it's, 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 it's funny because, I mean, the first time that you approached us, it was... Um, it was probably beginning of last year, something like that. And then it took a little bit of time for us to actually have a sit down and, and meet. And then we've now been working together as well. So um, I'm mean, really excited for this podcast because I think there is quite a lot of things about, about you as a person and about your business as well that will be of massive value for, for the entrepreneurs and young entrepreneurs out there. Absolutely. So... Just tell me a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about your journey. How do you start? What is your background? So, how did my journey start? So, from there, um, local lad, obviously to yourselves, obviously based in Bolton, majority of my life. Um, from leaving school, always had a, a strong um, work ethic, but equally to, towards sports and leisure. Um, as every young boy dreamed of being a footballer, you know, I, I was certainly no different, particularly obviously with the World Cup going ahead as it is at the moment, <laughs> you know, dreaming that I was playing in that white shirt. But from there then, I, from leaving school, I moved down south, um, took a coaching job um, with Watford Football Club. Um, from when I left Watford, I sort of was in a little bit of a lull really, and so sort I of wanted to explore the world and different journey and, and ended up finding myself um, traveling over to America. Wow. Um, originally for a summer job, obviously coaching. From from there then, they had an open trial um, for one of the local clubs over the, um, who are now actually in the MLS, which is Seattle Sounders. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, so from, from there, I went along, um, played football, one thing led to another, you know, and, and in the end ended up staying, staying over there for about a three year period. You know, um, playing football, living the life, you know, down by the lakes, on the beach. And yeah, it was absolutely fantastic and touring lots of cities at the same time. From coming back from the States then, I actually then studied to become um, an assessor or mm -hmm. to deliver qualifications. Um, and the first qualification that we tried to deliver or tried to deliver was trying to get unemployed people back into work through sport and leisure. Wow. You know, so obviously linking education and leisure and certainly as we go on through this podcast explaining what we do now, you can certainly start to see the links of how it all come how, how it all come around. Um from there then I, I moved into apprenticeships um and delivered apprenticeships and certainly looking at B two B sales. Um, and then from there went into facility management in terms of the leisure industry within schools, which sort of planted the seed then to, to go on to create edu Latins. Wow, wow. It's, it's, quite, it's quite incredible the, the amount of experience that you've been gaining through your journey as well. So it's like you go to one thing, learn specific skills, and then go to another place, learn other skills as well. Do you feel like um, your journey and the skills that you've been learning through your journey helping you to, you know what I mean, to, uh, to become a successful entrepreneur that you are now? I think it's all about journey. And, and again, I, I go back to my coaching experience or my playing experience within, within football and even coaching a little grassroots side now as I do to give back to the community, you always take the best bits of every person you work with, you know, whether that be your warm-up drills or even a sales tactic that I've, I've learned from someone or the way that someone describes or delivers a presentation to you. I, I often look at the people that I've, I've grew up looking at who have guided me through, through my career and skill sets and taken a little bit from every single person and sort of moulded them into my personality and my person to, to become who I am today, really. 
Oh, that's that's amazing, and I think that's that's the journey that people need to get. Not just is is what they say that you and the experience that you have, you 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 win or you learn. You know, I mean, it's just a process that you continue to have as well. I think it's important on that fact that sometimes you fail as well. You know, and and certainly everyone looks when people are doing well, and you know, but people don't see the times when it's difficult. Yes. You know, and. You are sat there, and equally in the short time of of edu lettings, there's, there's been certain nights when I've been tossing and turning and lay, and is that the right decision? Have we done the right thing? You know, but every day is a learning day, and, and like I said, you can only look at it with a smile on your face the next morning and, and push forward to be successful. But I think that's the that's the mindset of of a successful person. It doesn't matter what what happened in the previous day. You always need to kind of look look forward and kind of say. Let's do it again. Tell me, I mean, one of the things that really excites me about this podcast is the fact that, um, and excites me as an entrepreneur, is you start your business during COVID, the pandemic, because I mean, during COVID, loads of, unfortunately, loads of people have passed away. Uh, most of the business have to close down, business closed down. And uh, it was, uh, it was, it was, I know that there was support from the government, but most of the people really, really struggle. A lot of small business, they just couldn't handle. And you just find a different way to kind of, to say, well, actually, the, the problem creates opportunity and you took 100% advantage of the opportunity. Tell me a little bit of that journey. How do you got to the idea of uh, creating the lettings? So, Edulessing was created in, in the June of the first lockdown, so obviously three months into the first lockdown. And from that particular point, I obviously saw a gap in the market for, for one reason or another. Um, there was a very similar company who did something similar to ourselves, who 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 I looked at their model and looked at the failings as, as a company and sort of seen how we can structure that and not only deliver a much more financially stable company in terms of uh, sustainable growth mm -hmm. but equally delivering a world-class service to, to all our service providers which yeah. would obviously be schools as we'll get on to community and, and our own staff um, so from that perspective you, you talk about COVID and you talk about grants and, and budgets and if we move on to schools now the, the idea spawned from schools are struggling for income you know and certainly from Sport England who did a recent survey to say that 39% of sporting facilities were actually hidden behind school gates. So if for yourself and, and those listening, if you can actually take yourself back to your high school, you know, start to reminisce and think of those good times that you had and, and probably <laughs> think how much we wish we were back there. But yeah. from there, you, you look at the facilities that you had from sports halls to main halls and theatres and 3G pitches and those who have got swimming pools, you know, at, at three o'clock, four o'clock when the the school bell rings and those students and teachers go home that building is, is then left redundant to, till the next morning you know and, and like I said for running costs and people who, who want to be involved in sports and activity for their own health and social well-being you know have, have not got the facilities to utilize so I'm sure as the, the clogs start ticking now you can see well you've got an absolute fantastic asset here you know with all these fantastic facilities You've got a group of people who need somewhere to go because leisure centres are closing down at an exponential rate, which is obviously quite worrying for, for the country, you know. But equally, if you put those two products together, you know, ultimately that, that's what spawned edgy lettings, you know, and, and certainly ensuring that we deliver a world class service to our schools, our community, and our staff was, was absolutely fundamental in, in our journey of starting edgy lettings. 
that's that's actually extremely powerful and I feel like it does that's literally the mindset of an entrepreneur because it's, it's being being able to connect the dots uh, as well I mean even Steve Jobs used to say that sometimes you can't connect the, the dots looking moving forwards but you can connect the dots looking Absolutely. backwards as well and and I mean we part of what we do as well is communicating messages that have a positive impact in the world that's why we, we work together as well and we notice part of our research shows that I mean there is a big number of criminality that is happening you know I mean around Bolton around knife crimes and things like that so it's actually important for the country to have those children's the, those the group of those people's utilizing those facilities more because if they're utilizing those facilities more then they will be you know I mean they will avoid in crime they will be more more protected, it will be in the in the right circle. So it, it, you pro the work that you're doing is saving lives at the end of the day as well. So that's very powerful. How does he make you feel? Yeah, I mean, from from that perspective, I mean, we're just a vessel that gets those community leaders to where they need to be because they're the ones who who need the shout out. They're the hero. Not all heroes work apes, you know. The the group leaders, the ones who come and hire the facilities from us, you know, from the grassroots football coaches to the swim instructors to the drama teachers and dance producers, you know, they're, they're the get they're the people who bring the people in off the street, and we're just creating the vessel for for them people to give, be given that opportunity, both from a, a small business perspective and equally rightly as you say, affecting the community, um, all the way through to give them the opportunity to be involved in activities that stop them getting involved in in antisocial behaviour away from schools and homes you know so like I said from from that perspective when we look at things and often people say to me what do you do as a business and quite humbly I always state and we just sell school space you know as I roll my eyes and people don't really get it but from from that perspective if you actually look at the impact that edu lettings creates around the country now you know, like I said, it doesn't just generate income for schools, which goes back into education provision to buy new books, to give new facilities. It also then, as rightly you say, gives back to the community in terms of ensuring these facilities are readily available for your next Jack Grealish's, your, your, your next Harry Kane's, you know, to, to go on and play for, for England in the World Cup, you know, because we, without school facilities being open, a lot of these clubs wouldn't have anywhere to play. Wow, wow, and it's, it's incredible because I, literally I mentioned I mentioned to you one time before as well that is is the type of business that everyone wins in the sense uh, the schools wins because they they like you mentioned they they receive funds that will again can be put back into education the groups that uh, you know I mean are, are saving our children and saving our communities wins as well because they have the facility to utilize and and again that is the middleman as well that makes that happen. I believe it's quite tricky as well, you know, I mean, trying to find a, a system that that works and, you know, I mean, because how many how many employees do you have at this moment in time and how many schools do you work with? So we work with 80 schools now, um, which oh. are live schools, obviously there are quite a few more in our pipeline, um, but equally on that, I'd, I'd never disregard service, service is always one, so from that perspective and I think fundamental to our growth really is the sustainable growth that we've actually gone through that I will never take the risk on affecting service against growth you know i'll only ever grow once i know the the model and the operations are where they need to be um in terms of employees to, to answer your question we just shot a 250 now you know which is quite a scary number to be <laughs> fair like and on the 15th of every month when we do payroll the number just seems to be getting bigger and bigger but, <laughs> but like i said from from that perspective again our recreation assistants as we call them are, are the lifeblood of, of, of our company you know from 
no matter how much hard work I put in or the guys in our central office put in, you know, it's it's the guys on the ground who deliver the service with a smile, you know, they're, they're opening up facilities, they're, they're signing liability forms, they're introducing them to the sites and fire risk assessments and making sure they're safe and cleaning up for the school the next day. So like I said, the, the services, particularly on our staff on the ground, who, who I'm, I'm very thankful for. And out of those 250, we, we have some absolute diamonds, you know, who've been been with us more or less since the start and as we were speaking prior to this you know 27 of the first 30 are still with us you know two and, <laughs> and a half years further on and, and for the role that that is I think it's quite extraordinary and also from from that perspective I couldn't do without them and like I said certainly when I go to visit sites and it's and I suppose in most jobs it's it's sometimes difficult when you sat behind your laptop or on the phone consistently to forget what you actually achieve and, and what we've just discussed but from there when I do take time out in the evenings to go visit the sites unannounced as well most of the time <laughs> yeah. um, I see the people playing I see our staff members all in uniform and smiling and enjoying the work you know and, and then equally going meeting with, with schools to, to for them to tell me the impact that we've had on on them not just from a financial perspective but equally additional footfall for footfall for future students you know who may go to that school for example you know so yeah it's it's been some journey and, and like i said there's lots of moving cogs but without the guys on the ground and and those 250 people who work for us opening up the centers uh, it, it wouldn't be possible wow I, it's it's quite amazing because i mean as we discussed as well you didn't actually go a, a massive investment to build and you got a business that have scaled in the last two and a half years for you know i mean for 250 employees what type of i mean i know that you already have people in place but what type of systems you had to to implement in order to to make sure everything works and uh, and you still you know i mean are, are capable to maintain the levels of of quality that you deliver as well uh, i think a, a wise man once told me about running a business where they said the processes run the business and the system run, run the process but from from that perspective we partner with obviously um, a software provider in terms of school hire who deliver our software package for us you know and the system is, is secondary to non-market leading you know from that perspective and we work very closely together to ensure that we're delivering an effective software booking system you know the best way i could probably describe it to you sort of like an airbnb <laughs> or a booking.com you know but for school facilities you know you can you can log on to our website you can choose your school you choose your facility just say sports hall pick your day monday seven till eight you know go through upload all the relevant documentation that we need put your payment details in and before you know what you get an approval or waiting approval email from our central team to say we're just betting the process before you go in you know so if you ever fancied a game of badminton you could literally log on to our website within 20 minutes you could be playing at one of our sites you know so like i said it, it, certainly that is the key in terms of obviously ensuring that user experience um, in terms of process and time is exemplary but then the second part to that then is, is going sustainably you know you said it was a small amount of investment you know that, that, without giving away the it was a very small thousand a pound you know like <laughs> i said which which we started off with you know and from that perspective we, i've always kept that model as, we, as we've grown you know we have been quite fortunate in terms of the way that we have grown and been successful and then reinvested the money that obviously the, the company take from it back into the company to to become better but from that perspective there's there's been no uh, business grants there's been no loans there's there's been no dipping into funds that we didn't need to you know like i said everything's sustainable and 
from from that perspective, yeah, really, really happy with how that's gone. And I think sustainability is, is something that is is a, is a key word moving forwards as well. Where we're talking about, I mean, I was in Channel 4's events, and again, the word was sustainability. So when the country itself going to a moment, it will be a, a moment where we need to, you know, I mean, we need to be a little bit more attentive and pay a little bit more attention to every financial decision that we yeah. make. I think it's. It's quite it's quite good seeing that sustainability put in a kind of in the in the front of the mind. So every business, what type of advice would you give to business that maybe been running for a few years but are not sustainable, and maybe for someone that is trying to build a business now, what uh, what type of advice would you give to him in terms of what should he think about in terms of building a sustainable business as well? Yeah, all about the numbers. Num- numbers is absolute number one. You know, if, if if you can see from a granular detail, you know, in terms of the numbers that that you're turning from from your turnover to your GP to your to your net profit, you know, staffing cost, operational costs, cost of sale, whatever that may be. If you can see those numbers and you understand those numbers, that's when you become a sustainable business because that's when you know then you can reinvest into additional marketing and additional digital products to enhance experience for you for you, for your staff as in terms of what we're going through at the moment but like i said from from that perspective it's taking a very minimal risk um because obviously as you know the world that we live in from covid being the greatest example that things can change in a heartbeat you know and, and certainly if anything was to occur in that instance again and hopefully not but again edgy would come out shining on the other side you know because like I said, from that perspective, we've, we've built our business based upon those principles. The principle of numbers. That, that, yeah. That's really important. I think for all the business that, that already been running for a few years and are starting up as well, I think numbers are, are crucial. Numbers and probably systems as well, isn't it? Finding the right systems. Um, through your journey, when do you feel, what do you feel was the biggest challenge that you faced? <laughs> There's been a few down the line, you know. I think if, if you, you speak to not only myself as a business owner, but equally many others, re- recruitment is, is certainly up there at the moment, you know, in terms of finding the, the right people to work for you, you know, and, and to deliver that service. And even though as a business owner, and sort of the biggest lesson that I've learned more than anything is, is, is most of the time someone won't care as much as you do, you know. And, and like I said, your, your standards might come here and you have people there but if you can just push them an extra 20 percent, and you can come down a notch or two Friendly. you know you generally find that gray area which which is kind of acceptable from a service perspective and like i said you're always going to get the diamonds who, who who push on and who, who want to do the best that they can be but certainly working with 250 people as we do that that's certainly been my biggest lesson <laughs> and biggest challenge so far but like I said, from there, it's supporting those people, and that's what's important, you know, to to give everyone equal opportunity, to to give everyone the right training and inductions, to feel supported, because a lot of our positions are lone working as well, you know. So, like I said, it, it can be quite gory places, big schools. You can imagine locking up a school at ten o'clock at night, you know, creaky floorboards, lights are turning on and off, you know, gates on a wet cold evening, you know. Like I said, it it can be quite demanding. So from there, it's it's ensuring that that person feels supported, they feel safe. You know they've had the right training and inductions for any situation that arises you know and certainly at eju is, is certainly something that i push my regional operations managers to ensure that they're providing to the staff on the ground at all times yeah probably i would say the edu lighting came edu for education that's it that's <laughs> it often i often get it all the time they say edu they say edu and 
And you know, I, I just go, yeah, it's whatever you want to call it right now. But yeah, that's exactly where it comes from. It, it was education Latin, so I do Latin. Sounds good, sounds good. Tell me, how did you, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with, um, with the scalability of your business as well. What changed from the last two and a half years for yourself? How do you feel? How do you feel Nick nowadays? I don't really want to sound too sentimental here, but I, I grew up a lot, and, and my nan was really, really close to me as, as a person. Unfortunately, passed away through COVID, and Sorry. but from from that perspective, she always believed in me, and equally, I always believed in myself that one day I would always run a very successful business. And from that perspective, that was my drive at all times. But from the first question that you asked in terms of learning from other people, you know, I was always learning. I was always staying behind the extra half an hour and the hour in, in jobs when I didn't really need to, but just listening, watching, learning from mistakes that others had made, you know, gaining the vital experience and skill sets that I had and believing many mistakes myself along the way, you know, but at the same point, this was the right opportunity, this was the right time. And I didn't need to do that because I did have other opportunities for employment, you know, uh, after COVID. But like I said, to, to take the opportunity to start Edu was perfect within the industry, you know, community, sport and leisure, education. Again, from the first question about who I am, you know, it was all the tick boxes that I'd done before. You know, to also put all them together plus the skills that I'd learned made me the person that I am. But equally, it's not just about me. You know, the, the support network around me, you know, Mike Blundell, who, who was obviously the co-founder at the time, you know, I, I couldn't have done it without him. You know, we, we remain very, very, very close friends up until this day. You know, I don't speak to him six times a day as I used to. But <laughs> like I said, from, from there, we're still close. And David and Charlie, obviously, who work with me now um, from, the, from the software provider and, and investment, um, Again, they bring in certain skills that have took me on again, you know, to, to the next level. But again, it, even though it may say my name above the door, it doesn't mean that I stop learning. You know, I'm, I'm always looking out for particularly those people and equally my own staff who come with new ideas and new ways of, of working with people that, that I take on board. And any best practice, it's fundamental that we pass that knowledge on and, and like I said, share it as much as we can. Sounds good. Sounds good. You mentioned about about you know, the the experience that you learned with your nan as well, and she always believed. Was she a, a very important figure in your life? Oh, absolutely. You know, anyone who knows me personally will know how much um, my nan ever meant to me. And like I said, I, I wish she could see the person. Obviously, in terms of who I am today and what Edgy was, what Edgy was um, got to. But like I said, from from the like I said, I, I look up to the sky every day and be grateful for the time that I spent with her and hopefully she's looking down to, to be proud of, of who I've turned out to be and, and what we've achieved so far. If you could say anything to her, what would you say? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd do anything to just have two minutes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's powerful, man. Yeah. That's powerful. <laughs> um, in terms of... Um, in terms of moving forwards as well, what is the ambitions that they do let things have? I think in terms of moving forward as, as a company, we and again, I've, I mentioned this on a few occasions, I never want to disrupt the service that we provide. And, and again, I, I often describe this to, to my SLT team as, as a house of cards. You know, we, we have a service model at the moment that works. You know, it works for all three of, of, of who we provide the service to. But 
ultimately it, it will get to a level there where that house of cards starts shaking where then we need to build outward rather than upwards you know and, and they're the discussions that we're having at the moment that i i personally believe that we can extend by another 10 to 20 schools to get to around the 100 mark you know but then from there we'll, we'll have to look at the model again you know of what extra support structures do we put in place to allow people to do their job because ultimately if you go upwards without going outwards it's, it's going to fall over at some point so from that perspective again lessons that i've learned in the past you know to be sustainable to be take your time don't run before you can walk you know make sure that everything's set from the ground ground upwards you know and then once that is built then go and grow your business you know because like i said from the service then we'll, we'll never um be affected you know and we'll always be able to deliver the world-class service that that we that we offer that's amazing looking at uh, at the times that we're moving forwards where because of the crisis that we might be facing <laughs> we might be facing where the prices of everything is going up i believe that many people going to be take trying to take maybe a side job or maybe open a, a side business and trying to find or sometimes just find find ways of giving back to the community as well what key advice would you give for young uh, entrepreneurs I think from, from there, it's always to work as hard as you can. And, and again, I know there's a balance here, and I don't want to say that work, 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 because equally, I'm, as many people know, I'm a former Man United fan, following them all over the world. You know, I've got three young children who, who I spend a lot of time with. But I coach a grassroots team, so you might think, God, where, where do all these hours come from? And I certainly <laughs> believe that myself sometimes. You know, but, but from that perspective, finding the balance. But when you're in work, work as hard as you can work. You know, learn from the people who are around you. Learn your own skill sets and what you're good at. You know, focus on, look forward and don't look at the here and now. Focus on three steps ahead of where do I want to get to? What did I want to do? Because my, my dream was always to run my own business. My, my dream was always to be successful. You know, and I know that's not for everybody, but equally that was mine. And whatever step I was on within my career or journey, it was always in the back of my head to say, that's where I want to go. So I'm going to listen really carefully to what they're saying here. When I get a set an Excel sheet through in my old life, I'm looking at every single cell, every single column, every single row, you know, just to grasp in terms of knowledge of what they're actually looking at. And I did a presentation last week to my SLT team about communication. And, and one of them, there was three steps of, of, of how to effectively communicate with others and, and from there one of the store steps was to play what what you so much call devil's advocate really in terms of what are they going to ask me back you know so all the time and I, I take this to a lot of not sales pitches and team meets but I often think the process through and I think well if I was in their position and I was talking to me what would I be saying or what would yes. I want you know so from that perspective I often ask a lot of questions but I already know the answer you know so from that perspective even from sales to team meetings whatever that may be it always gives me puts me on the front foot but always going back to working as hard as I can at every single moment that I've got in work to be the best version of me you know and, and ultimately that's what I try to do every day that's that's really powerful uh, another thing that you mentioned that I think is quite interesting is the fact that through your entire journey you always wanted to turn your own business as well and uh, you utilize the opportunities that life's been given to you to build, help you to kind of going one step further, one step further. Um, and, and you mentioned as well that uh, the relationship with your nanny was kind of a, a massive drive for that as well. So 
tell me what what um what process do you have a, a particular book or do you, is there any particular thing that you don't do during that process when you were just learning that you feel like uh, it was it was great to kind of storage that information or to memorize it or to kind of just come back and reflect on it as well yeah i, th I think from there you, you mentioned important people as we spoke to last time whether it be my nan or whether it be my first football coach Ian, who i remember fondly you know and however it be people who i met in america or people who i come back and worked for or the college lecturer that i learned how to become an assessor from you know it it was remembering all those people and all the good things that those people have and they brought out in you you know and equally that that's how i am as a managing director i, I should hope that's how i am as, as a person as a friend you know I, I generally be that friend that people ring for advice you know <laughs> sometimes I, I might not have the right answer but i'll have the honest answer you know and i always say how it is and and where you say reflect every day i reflect you know i, I look and maybe sometimes i'm harsh on myself in terms of what could have gone better you know and i look at edu and certainly my SLT team will hear it sometimes when we have an issue you know but if we have an issue how many good things have happened you know and from that issue let's solve it let's deal with it and let's just learn from it so it never happens again you know and, and, and ultimately like I said before every day is a learning day and, and like I said if I can pass on even an ounce of my knowledge onto somebody else for that person to be successful whether that be with me or whether that be within a future career I think that's my next step, you know, in terms of what I want to do and what I want to achieve, knowing that I can look at my kids and I can go to sleep at night and, and be happy that I've done the best that I can do for for anybody that that crosses paths with me. Are we are we should we expect to see a book a book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th I think from there they could be some 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 stories either like I said, even from my football days to my studying days when, when I even did some security work at some point. But like I said from from that perspective for for me and it's just be humble, you know, and I, I've learned that I've I've learned that along the way that there's lots of people who who want it, but there's there's not many people who go and work for it. And and like I said, if if you go to work every single day, whether that be a part time job with ourselves, stacking shelves in Asda or delivery driving for Amazon, just go and do the best that you can do at every moment that you work and and, and set the fundamental skills within yourself to to build upon them because ultimately that's how it happens you know yes there's a little bit of luck along the way but ultimately if you don't work hard and like i said you, you want the best for you and the people around you then yeah you, you're never going to be there it's it's funny because you, you mentioned something that i think is quite important as well of course we're both running businesses it's the same thing when you work for someone else you there is the pressure of that person implementing their own standards into you yeah. but people sometimes think oh when i become a business owner this is when i'm going to work hard when i become a business owner this is when i'm going to look into details but actually if you don't have the the experience and if you don't have the standards at that stage you're just going to get into the business and whatever standards you used to do in your previous job when you thought when you thought oh you're not affecting your life you are because your mindset is not ready to have that very high standards and then as you build a team if your standards are not high how do you expect your team to have the high standards as well absolutely and i, I watched a presentation not so long ago on on, uh, on, a, on a business networking day um, about building a world-class team and, and and recruiting on character you know because you look at that and you, you that not just your standards but equally the work ethic is huge for me you know but like i said from that perspective you look at a cv and it probably only tells you what the person wants you to know you know you don't put everything on a cv do you you know you know or equally 
if you have an interview, you know, I mean, here's me doing a podcast, but from there, anyone can be good for 10 minutes, right? <laughs> but from, from that perspective, it's how you are in the job, you know, set tasks rather than interview, you know. In, in our perspective, we generally have a classroom with a window open, a bin full, a stain on the floor, you know, that that person will come in, identify, clean up, tidy, leave that room, how it should be left for, for the schools the next day. So, like I said, set tasks and certainly you, you'll pick the people who want to work hard, the people who want to do it and they want to do it for the right reasons as well. You know, like I said, if you look at the 250 staff we have, we have single mums who husband comes home from full-time work and then has the children, she goes out to, to earn extra money, obviously with the cost of living being so high at the moment. We have students who are at university during the day who want a job in sport and leisure in the evening, which is absolutely perfect for them over at Christmas when they all go home. <laughs> <laughs> but but like I said, we have a wide range of, of, of people and, and who are on their own pathways and certainly when I'm on even on LinkedIn and I look at these people and they're all tagged into work at Edu Lettings, you know, everyone that I see who tries to connect, it, it makes me smile, you know, that we're one part of their journey, you know, and I'm I'm not selfish enough to think that we're gonna be the end of their journey because we're gonna lose good people along the way, but long as those good people go on to achieve what they want to achieve, you know, and, and be happy then like I said, for for, for me I'm happy from them. I I I can see Ed Lettings in the next twenty years having some football players come in and say, Oh, you know, I, when I was young I used to I used to do the activities, Ed Lettings was there. Yeah. Is is that the same vision that you have for Ed Lettings? Yeah, absolutely. I mean a lot of places we, we go unnoticed in that because equally we, we do work on the school's behalf. You know, so I think one of the biggest examples I can give is the Dallas Al Academy in Liverpool is actually Wayne Rooney's old school you know I know there's a couple around the country who um, have had and generally another one St Edmunds Arrowsmiths in Wigan you know you have Joe Burgess and the lads who've just been in the Rugby League World Cup wow. for example but again people remember schools they trained at and, and from us Edgy is maybe an unsung hero but equally if we can give an opportunity for the next Harry Kane the next Jack Grealish the next Jude Bellingham to, to go and perform their sport and activity to go on and push and be bigger and better things then then yeah absolutely it'd be great exciting exciting anything else that you'd like to add in our podcast today no i think from yourself it, it's been an absolute pleasure not only to be here today but working alongside you in the last three months and certainly again as we were speaking before watching the videos that you've created from us from from a title perspective you know it, it certainly brought edu to light and Thank you know you. I, I, I sometimes people say what do you do in sort of school space but looking at the videos that you created for us it, it just brings it to life and from, from my perspective and the feedback that i've received from close family and friends is just wow you know not just the videos but equally what we do and, and obviously the the wider community that that we impact in, in our day-to-day -day jobs Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nick. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for, for being the great person that you are as well. Uh, I'm, I'm just having a chat with you now. I'm 100% sure. I didn't meet your auntie, uh, your, your grandma, but I know she will be very proud of you yeah, because what you have achieved and the model that you have created will inspire many other people to do in whatever industries they decide to do something because in the last two years you you have built a very successful business that now are giving opportunities to, to over 200 people 250 people so you are impacted their lives in different ways and that is not even counting the the young people that you you're helping by creating that systems that allows them to kind of 
find different activities that will keep them out of trouble as well. So thank you. Keep going with the great work that you do. And thank you very much for, yeah. for coming for the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you.